You're listening to locally produced programming created in KUNV Studios on public radio, KUNV 91.5. Good morning and thank you for joining me for The Scoop with Tanya Flanagan. I'm so happy you decided to wake up and start your day with me. Here on The Scoop, where we talk about life, joy, funny moments, trending topics, and so much more. We promise to keep you in the know and find out what you know. So, let's get started. Good morning, Las Vegas, and welcome to another edition of The Scoop here with me on KUNV, Public Radio 91.5. Thank you once again for rising early on a Sunday morning and joining the conversation. I'm glad you decided to tune in. I can't believe we're already this far into the new year, 2024. But I'm excited about the topics we'll discuss this year, and today is going to be no different. I'm welcoming to the studio a dear friend, a longtime friend, um, and a community volunteer partner, really, Mr. Eric James. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining me here today. Um, In the past, we've done these man-on-the-street segments, and so Eric is going to be kind of the first 2024 man-on-the-streets, and that's where we just get to know someone who you wouldn't think does all the interesting things that they do, that is maybe your next-door neighbor but has layers when you pull back the pieces of the onion that you find out are just intriguing. And so for as long as I've known Eric, he has juggled so many balls that I couldn't even understand and believe how he could do it from you volunteer in the community, you support organizations, you help run organizations, serve on boards and committees, you run your own business, and you've even created a board game. And so I want to talk about a little bit of all of this, but um, you're an entrepreneur. So, you know, what made you decide your destiny was to be your own boss. Well, first of all, I want to say Tanya is a wonderful long-term friend of mine and only a good friend like her could get me up on the Lord's day at this time of the morning. <laughs> you know, this is supposed I to be a time of rest. <laughs> I promised a time of coffee. <laughs> 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 to, to answer your question, and, and I've been asked to speak before at different, at the university here, which I graduated from and um, other other places, but um, the the simple answer is I was tired of being fired. I always thought I was smarter than the person I was working for, and I always had a, 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 a vocal mouth, and I always was opinionated about my beliefs on how things should be done and how things should be working. And so one day one of my bosses said, if you're so smart, how come you're not sitting in my seat? And two years later, I was sitting in his seat uh, just like his, owning my own business, same as his. Wow. Talk about motivation. I mean, I think a few of us have at different times in life been kicked in the butt, Mm -hmm. but not all of us have said, I am going to not work for someone anymore. I'm going to work for myself and really figure it out. So was State Farm, was insurance the first venture into being your own boss or did you do something did I miss a chapter? Well, the, the original plan was to become a firefighter, and uh, I had several friends on the force. I had been a paramedic in the military, and so at the time, the departments were merging, fire department and paramedics, so they were looking for folks like myself that had the medical mm-hmm. background. 
So a few friends on the force was going to do that, knowing that they only work 10 days a month. I, my my uh, plan was then to do financial products on the side, um, work with the families of the firefighters or individuals in the department that I worked with. And since my degree was in economics and I had worked uh, with the life insurance companies and was at the time of re- being recruited by the department, which I was on two short lists, I was a working for a State Farm agent. So I knew the insurance background and I thought it would be a good dual career path. Then one day State Farm came to me and said, asked me if I'd like to bet on myself and open up my own agency. The query is that that's a very competitive market. About 75% of people that I started with failed. And, you know, you're dealing with so many other companies that advertise and market plus the agents that other agents in your community that that have contracts with the company. It's very competitive and you really have to have a entrepreneur's mentality to really make it work. Yeah, I have to applaud you because over the years we um, another caveat started the Urban League Young Professionals Organization together, which created a great additional platform for networking, meeting people and always talking about what you do. But you were so friendly, always so outgoing, and I would watch you engage with people. And it takes um, that very extroverted, extroverted personality to succeed because you're basically in sales and you're constantly meeting people. You're always on. It's like you're never off. So I tip my hat to you for that um, perseverance and just the drive that you possess to do things that you've done. And then I've watched you in the real estate market and home um, health care market, just you have done a variety of things. True. When I was a young boy, I learned because I'm a natural loner. Actually, most people don't know that about what? me because I'm so extroverted. You when are so I, the life of the party. Yes, I'm very extroverted when I'm out around people, but I'm also very much at peace of being at home alone. But what I found is I would get in trouble in school. And then one day I realized if I made the teacher laugh instead of l- making people laugh at the teacher, I could get away with more jokes and get in, <laughs> get and stay out oh, of trouble. that's the manipulation. <laughs> yes. The charm. <laughs> the charm. So figuring that with my father at home, military, tough military father, not wanting to go home and get the, that mm. village uh, treatment, you know, it takes a village to raise a child treatment. I decided I should find a way to stay out of trouble. Well, so charming the teachers led to charming girls and me trying to be more charming opened up the, my ability to speak and talk and to network or among other things. So it kind of had a gradual evolution, but the core was it was keeping me from getting my butt whooped <laughs> at home because <laughs> mama said she wasn't picking me up from being suspended one more time without telling my father, <laughs> but she never would rat on me because she knew I would catch a big beat down and mama had a soft spot for her, her son. So she would always, one more time, I'm going to tell your father one more time. So I figured sooner or later, mom's going to tell, tell him, I better figure out a way to keep my butt out of trouble. So the charm turned into the consummate salesman. Okay. I'm impressed. Now I know the real truth, the real <laughs> deal. Um, I get that, though, because as kids, we're trying to figure out how to navigate. And I suppose in being fair as a female, women have their ways of being charming as well. And so true. Capitalizing on, you know, 
moments and circumstances. Batting of the eye and a little twist of the hair, a little smile in the cheek. It all works. All that stuff works. <laughs> um, kind of brings me to winding for a little bit to what you do now, what are the additional piece, which is this new board game. And that's really like here's insurance and then here's a board game, right? And they're completely different. So as you, and I mean, I know years and decades have passed, not that you're old because you're still really young, but, you know, we both live decades, right? And so you go from what I'm doing in my 20s or 30s to what I'm doing now. But why a board game? And this one is called Paradox of Morality. So So what's it about? The game was not originally a game. It was actually going to be a a coffee table party conversation kind of book with dilemmas and stuff that people could chat up about in a party and debate and argue about. So I took an old uh, method from some rappers I had seen on a TV show that they would type a lot of their lyrics into their phone. We all have cell phones on us at all times. I'd be out. Some situation would catch my attention. I would put notes into my phone. So several years back, a few years back, I was in uh, Panama um, on vacation and I had my phone on me and I was on a what they call Sandblast Islands. Look it up. Beautiful, really cool experience. And they were coming to pick us up in a, a little bo- a boat. I got in and the seawater got into my cell phone. It destroyed all my notes. And so I thought, maybe I'm just not serious about this. And about six months later, information just came flooding back. My friends were asking me, hey, what are you always typing back in your phone? I'm like, I'm recapturing mental notes. And then one day, a girlfriend of mine said, is it a a show or a comedy or a game? And it dawned on me that I could turn this into a, it's considered a card game. And so by, by definition. So the game is a bunch of crazy over the wall scenarios of things. What would you do in this situation? What would you do? you know, in that situation or complex thought process things, you know, how would you, if you like a a more serious one would be, if you could find out the time and date of your death, would you want to know? But lighthearted ones are you're at a big ball game and you go to the porta potty and you drop your brand new $3,000 cell phone into the blue goo that most porta potties have. What would you do? So there's all kinds of psychological uh, complexities or things or ser- and a lot of it you have to play out your team has to act play out the scenarios and the team that does the best or the funniest um, rendition or explanation of their their beliefs or their what they came up with wins the points and you know there's drinking versions and other things for us grown folks that's um that's funny and it's really creative um that first question made me go pause if I could find out my death date, would I want to know? No. But, I mean, that's an immediate, initial immediate question that I would answer with a no. The other one would make me sit there and really, really pause for a long time. What would I do if my really expensive anything fell in to a porta potty? Like, it's a daily thing, right? Like, say you go to the, the ladies' room or whatever, the restroom, and your AirPod is in your ear. And you're like, ooh, like it's a thought, like it's an instant thought. And I have to be honest, I have actually lost jewelry that way and was like, well, I guess that ring is gone forever. <laughs> you know, and I had that happen to me once. I was like, ooh, 
think that ring is gone forever. But see, with the game, I always up the ante to where it each level around makes forces you to reevaluate your choice or rethink your answer because I add an extra change or an extra piece of information. Oh, so, I imagine that you would. I can't imagine it would be so mm-hmm. simple that you, you'd ask me mm-hmm. my potential death date and then it didn't come with, um, but this is going to happen, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. five years from now or in 10 years, this is going to be the scenario or, or knowing what your date is. If we could take, if you could take five or 10 or 15 years off when whatever was the most excruciating thing happened in your life as your as a child, or what corner would you turn differently? You know, I think it's like that moment as we, and, and this is a great conversation for the beginning of the year, as we're examining where we are, it's the type of game that may make you pause and think about um, life experiences, because obviously you're bringing them to the conversation when you're playing Paradox of Morality. You're bringing life experiences to this conversation of what you thought, what you believe, what you experienced, how it shaped you. And over time, we're influencing it in this game to shape other people because you're persuading them, right, to, to be, and to see it your way. The definition name is, and why I named it what I did, Paradox of morality, paradox means there's no right or wrong answer. So whatever your belief or your background, your history brings forward your answer or your team's answer. And that's what's and morality means your morality. Are you are you religious, non-religious, straight, gay? Are you, you know, Republican? Are you Democrat? So what's a fun and, and we found amazing that we've read into people who are playing it is the game is not repetition. A lot of games, if you play a trivia game, if you answer the question once, the next time you play it, it's still the same answer. Mm-hmm. So at some point, the game loses its its flair. With our game, there is there, each time you play it, depending on the group of friends and the wilder friends, the wilder the game gets. Trust me, folks, this ain't for your kids. Don't be buying this president and <laughs> talking about you're going to play with the kids on a, on a Friday. Mm, <laughs> CPS is going to come walking at your door because this is really a grown folks game with grown folks subject matters and grown folks scenarios and fun. But each time, depending on who you play, you will have a totally different experience in the last because the friends you will find out things about your friends and 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 stuff will come out that you would have never thought about somebody's belief system or what they think or what they would do. And people start using props to act out the scenarios that we never even imagined. We've had we've seen games get pretty wild and folks seem to really like it. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I was making as you were talking, I was thinking about what about the super quiet person like I have somewhat of an introverted nature at times, and so I'm selective in thoughts that I share. I, I guess for lack of a better description, I filter, I censor, and I think about the sensitivity of other people to thoughts that I may have. I think there was um, some comedian who said, if you said everything that you were thinking, think about how many friends you lose on a daily basis, <laughs> right? So um, people are cautious But this game sounds like it takes you to your limit where caution is really something that falls farther and farther by the wayside because you're just the amped up factor. Um, It's provoking you. Yeah, And that's a great word. It it provokes you, pushes you to bring out that quiet side or that open side. So you're in a group of your friends and the way the game's played, the team that has the funniest or best response to each 
question or you know, acting out. Think of who line, whose line is in any way or impractical jokers and that type of thing. But then the other team gets the point. So you quickly realize if you're shy or reserved with your opinions or your play, you're going to lose quickly. So the next round, each round, the point totals ante up so you can catch up. But you quickly see that people start to open up. They start to get a little bit more into the game and let loose because they see other people letting loose. And then they know it's okay for them to let loose. And the more you let loose, the more likely you are to win that round or have more fun. And then the scenario is funny in and of itself. And then the other team's answer is funny. Then your team has to out funny or out answer them. So the, the level of competitiveness and what brings out now in the drinking version of the game for the adults again and now, because it's legal, if you like to, you know, puff, puff, pass, then the losing team of each round has to take a drink or a a uh, puff. And then you see people's inhibitions fall away very quickly after a few rounds of losing. And they <laughs> realize goodness. they're about to be really drunk, so they want to win. So then they let loose and go over what the other team did to win the round and then push that momentum back their way. So you see folks, especially the competitive people. So the crazier your friends are, the crazier the game gets. And again, we just saw people do things we never imagined, <laughs> even in writing. And some people say, there must be something wrong with me because I come up with some some stuff that, you know, some Lorena Bobbitt type situations for your well, folks. That is just <laughs> frightening. Um, <laughs> I was kind of curious about how you come up with it, and I suppose I'm thinking that it continuously evolves, but a thought that crossed my mind was I was sitting there going, it would be an odd, you know how you have those movies, um, the ones that are frustrating, I forget the word that you really use to, to talk about them, but remember a long time ago there was a movie Pacific Heights, and then yeah. there was the one where um, I think Samuel L. Jackson was in it where he was the next door neighbor, but he was a police officer and he was harassing the people, but he could get away with it. Okay. And so it's like, have you ever thought this could morph into a movie that's like um, the kind that is intense, it's frustrating, and you're waiting to see the outcomes play out? But almost like um, it's a mind-mental movie in a way, right, where the game is being played in the movie, but the people in the movie don't quite realize that they're playing, they're in, the, they're game. playing the game. Okay. But the whole life, the whole movie is a game. There was a recent show that I saw that reminded me of the concept. I, I love that concept now. I do. So, own, you, you know, when you take my idea. See, yeah, I'm and, about to um, take, you the idea, take my idea. Um, can I get some royalties that, that, from my idea? I was just about to say, because I do own an entertainment company called Black Rose LLC. We do have, uh, we're in pre-production, or we were before, Hollywood shut down last year and some talks to make the board game into a game show. And we develop a whole uh, set and design and we're using influencers and other things um, to make the game work. Even we have an app on Apple Pay and on Apple Store and Google, and you can download the app to play the card game as well. And that was going to link people to the game show. So we're still working on that and have some other projects as well. But going back, I love your idea. I love that concept, taking it out of a a uh, game show and making it a real life like scenario movie type squid game type of mentality. Mm-hmm. I can't give it to you all here this morning on the radio because I wouldn't want anyone out in radio land. Yeah, to be like, stealing our stealing. our ideas. <laughs> That's right, our ideas. So we could talk more about this great idea offline. Um, I'm excited for you and this space, and proud of you for um, 
the creativity and the courage. Because a lot of people would think of something and never make a move. If someone's interested in knowing more about the game, how do they find out or read about it if they're interested? In of course, we do the, you know, your IG and your Facebooks and uh, TikToks and stuff like that. So you can follow us at Paradox of Morality um, uh, on those platforms. But also, if you're just interested in checking out the game, looking at it, a little more content about it, you can go to our website www.paradoxmorality.com or you can go to our site uh, pomswagshop.com we have a clothing line as well that goes along with it and other things that you can purchase that have our logos or you know stuff that we're working on but the game can also be found there ladies love our leggings that we got some really cool because our design for the game and the hieroglyphs african uh, hieroglyphs, uh, the eye of horse and other things. Women really seem to like that. So we wanted to, you know, kind of create a platform so much, but we're also on Amazon. You just have to type in Paradox Morality, the game, because there's a lot of um, history or other products that use the word paradox. So say Paradox Morality, the game, pop up and you can buy it on Amazon or right from our website, P- POMSwagshop.com or ParadoxMorality.com. And again, you can find us on Facebook, IG, or uh, we're working on some Twitch streams again uh, currently, but also you can find us on TikTok. Well, folks, there you have it. You can find Paradox Morality in a lot of places. We're going to stay tuned to find out more about this. I'm excited to see. Um, this is what, are we on edition number one and they'll be like, this, a second volume the, or a third volume Yeah, at some this point. is the original one, and then you do what's called expansion packs where mm-hmm. I've already in my head written over probably 200 new scenarios or possible games, uh, questions to the game. There's a speed round to it if you want to do a quick, short, fun round, and then the regular game takes about an hour, hour and a half, about an hour and 15 minutes to play a full game. So just depending just on... It's a fun way to spend a Friday yeah. or a Saturday night oh, or yeah. something with friends. Um, I know you travel a lot, too. So most interesting place that you have been to are your top three top three destinations at this point. That's That would be hard for me to say because I've done a lot of traveling. I've probably been to about 35 countries. I would say recently I just came back from Greece Turkey and and, and um, Jordan, and mm. I got to swim in the Dead Sea. When okay, I'm uh, some of y'all might realize I'm a brother, so swimming in the Dead Sea is not how you think because those brothers with big butts, their butts float, so it is very hard to swim with your butt popping up above the water and your face face down, butt up. <laughs> it's not you know it's not the uh, easiest task in the world, but it was interesting to see the world and see the Gulf, the conflict in uh, the Middle East from a different perspective uh, because Israel is right next door across the uh, the Dead Sea, and the Dead Sea is the lowest point on the planet. So it's a very interesting, unique environment, the the political environment. So for me, learning different cultures and seeing different perspectives of the world um, through different lenses has been a fascinating thing. But I've done everything from the running of the bulls um, when they told me black folks didn't do that type of thing. I recall you going. (laughs) And I remember thinking, he's crazy. I think when I first met you, you did that years ago. Because we did the Urban League um, together in 2000 and we started in 2006. And we launched in 2007. And that was right around, had you gone just before or just after? You know, 
I'd have to really look at my calendar to remember the dates, but it's been about mm-hmm. 15 to 17 yeah. years ago that I did that. Whitewater through the and Amazon. I remember thinking you were crazy. I was like, what? You <laughs> ran away from some bulls? Um, where else have you been? So we've got the Dead Sea. We've got the running of the bulls. Another amazing trip. I would say Costa Rica. If you ever get to go to Arnal near the volcanoes in Costa Rica, um, you can whitewater down the Amazon there. Uh, Thailand, um, uh, Vietnam. If you uh, uh, Vietnam has some incredible places, especially up north near China, Hulong Bay is probably one of the most beautiful places in the world. Uh, Medellin, Colombia is is a really fascinating place. Think. Um, New Orleans, Mardi Gras, uh, Latin Quarter style. Mm-hmm. Like there's areas that you, New Orleans, when you you have the uh, uh, what's the district there in New Orleans, the, the French Quarter, French quarter mm-hmm. but Latin, all Latin uh, uh, bars, restaurants, and clubs, but mixed outdoor indoor, where the palm trees and the, the the plants grow in the restaurants and throughout them in open air bars and party areas. And then the, some of the most beautiful countryside where they created a hydroelectric uh, dam and, and flooded these territories. And now there's multi-million dollar homes. You, most people that, you know, I've taken or gone with me think third world country. They're not. And they, they're it just is, amazing. It's amazing, it's right? Because you'll go to the third world country and you get the impression that you're going to go into this space that's just absolutely war-torn and it's just... An arm, you know, an armpit, for lack of a better way to say it. But when you get there, because we did that, we went to um, Santiago, Chile, Chile, South America, oh, right, I which was considered Chile. a third world country. And I remember getting there and just being like, wow, you know, surprised and yet impressed. All of the high rise buildings and you're like, wait a minute, this is a third world country. There's so much development is what I'm saying. Right. And it's absolutely beautiful. It's breathtaking. Um, to go to these places. It was summertime. We went in November going into December when I went many, many years ago at this point. But it was just, it was a beautiful place to be. So added to your travel, because you've been all these places, the most interesting food or something that you loved, uh, maybe a uh, cuisine you prefer the most, or just what was some of the most interesting foods you've tried? I, I would have to say I got to try deep fried grasshoppers and crickets in uh, Thailand. So, so did, okay, so here's here's the question. And since you have alluded to the African, the melanin, um, mm-hmm. did it, as people say, taste like chicken? It actually did taste oh like chicken. Oh, my gosh. I knew you were going to use that one. It's just like when people have um, frog legs and they're like, oh, I look like frog legs. Tastes like chicken. It does not taste like chicken. Two in the morning. So what's it really like? Two in the morning. We were coming out of a nightclub. So instead of having you the said tip, crickets and what grasshoppers? grasshoppers, so instead of having the hot dog vendor out there, they had the man with the cart. So are you hungry? And they okay. Went in Rome, do Rome, and they were deep fried. The batter tasted like fried chicken batter. Now they are crunchy and whatnot, but you didn't taste the. Are the wings still there? Yeah, no, no. We I don't think the wings are, but you don't see that because they're deep fried and they're crunchy. But it just tastes like crunchy chicken. Are so, the legs there too? I mean, hey, I don't think they're plucking the legs Were you off. too drunk to realize you're eating a grasshopper no, or I, a cricket? I, I knew what I was trying, you know. I'm the firm believer. If you're going to take the time to go halfway around the world. Try the food no matter what. Yeah, don't go to McDonald's. Have and, you ever been, um, I remember a cousin going and they had a beer with octopus in the beer. Hmm. Have you ever seen that one where they have all this, I guess, like seafood or sea animals? 
and like this beer. And I want to say he was in Vietnam. I don't. I haven't seen that one. Mm-hmm. I do have a bottle of corn rye whiskey at my office that has a a uh, is it a, a, a viper snake with a scorpion in its mouth inside the bottle of the whiskey and sitting at my office, my insurance agency office, because I also own a state farm insurance agency. Again, I'm a serial entrepreneur, um, but 23 years in the insurance game. But um, I have a bottle that I bought there and I had trouble getting it through customs because they thought I was trying to smuggle creature uh, uh, animals or creatures that weren't allowed to be moved out but it has a full large scorpion and a snake it looks like a rattlesnake with its you know neck swelled out with the with the scorpion in its mouth and it's in the bottle i've never opened the bottle i'm sure one day before i die i will try it and maybe it'll taste horrible but the bottle itself is amazing so different places i've tried different things and the one thing i can say I've never gotten sick. I mean, the only time I've ever gotten sick from food overseas is in Mexico, and that was like in Tijuana. But what I have found, because I have been to places in Morocco or other countries where people's feet are up near the food, the food is flies, there's animals around, there's everything, but the food is so fresh that it doesn't, in my theory at least, it doesn't have time to develop the bacteria that the E. coli's and stuff like that, because you're taking it right from the cage to chopping its head off to being cooked. And so the conditions may not be as sanitary as you would like or think or in your mind, but because of the freshness, it it doesn't allow for the bacteria like our food supply system. So you go ahead, adventure, try new things in new places, and you'll probably be surprised. Well, folks, we have run out of time. This is Eric James, Man on the Street, this month this this sunday 2024 our first one we've talked about everything from the paradox morality to how he got into business for himself and traveled a little bit and been fascinated by the things he's seen and tasted thank you for getting up this morning and joining me eric anytime i'd love to always come back and remember find us on amazon at paradox morality the game and also at paradoxmorality.com and pomswagshop.com Have a great week, folks. Good morning. We took that right to the minute. I have never gone right to the minute. I want to thank you for tuning in to The Scoop with me, Tanya Flanagan. And I want to invite you to get social with me. I'm on Facebook and Twitter. My name is my handle, T-A-N-Y-A-F-L-A-N-A-G-A-N. You can also find me on Instagram at Tanya Almanize Flanagan. And if you have a thought, an opinion, or a suggestion, don't hesitate to shoot me an email to tanya.flanagan at unlv.edu. Thanks again for joining in. Stay safe and have a great week.